the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The best is always on God's right. God delivers with his mighty right hand. Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Now here's Pastor Steve with today's Core Truth. We're picking up again in the study. This is part two. Well, we're going to be in Exodus chapter 15. I entitled this message, Free at Last. Exodus chapter 15, verse 1 says, Then Moses and the sons of Israel, they sang a song to the Lord, and they said, These are the words of the song. I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. The horse and its rider has hurled into the sea. And the Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him, my father's God, and I will extol him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his army he has cast into the sea. The choices of his officers are drowned in the Red Sea. The deeps cover them. And they went down into the depths like a stone, like a rock. They sank. Verse 6, your right hand, O Lord, is majestic in power. Your right hand, O Lord, shatters the enemy. Maybe they said, one more time. What's the chorus on that? I say it again. The Lord is majestic. Your right hand, O Lord, shatters the enemy. And in greatness of your excellence, you overthrew those who rose up against you. You send forth your burning anger and you consume them like chaff. At the blast of your nostrils, the waters were piled up. The flowing waters stood up like a heap. The deeps were congelled in the heart of the sea. And the enemy said, I'm going to pursue you. I will overtake you. I will divide the spoil. My desires shall be gratified then. And I will draw my sword and my hand will destroy you but then verse 10 you blew your wind the sea covered them they sank like lead in the mighty waters who is like you among all the gods O lord sing it again one more time who is like you among the gods O lord who is like you majestic in holiness awesome in praises working wonders You stretched out your right hand and the earth swallowed them. In your loving kindness, you have led the people whom you have redeemed. In your strength, you have guided them to your holy habitation. Who knows how many times they sang this and they just kept singing it. Wow. Imagine seeing all your enemies, all your worst nightmares, the very ones that kept you up at night, the very people that kept you in some kind of bondage, the very ones who used to beat you, the very ones who killed your own family members, and you just watch God roast them, destroy them in front of your very eyes. This is total deliverance. 
You've been free. You've been set free. Oh, my soul, you've been set free. Total deliverance. This is being totally set free. This is never having to look over your back again of that one that caused you so much misery in your life. This is totally wiping out your past, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. It's being able to start fresh again. It's being able to start over from scratch. It's being able to start brand new with a clean slate. Wow. It's what happens when you come to Christ. He wipes it all away. Everything becomes new. There are four stanzas in this song. This song is poetic. This song is worshipful. This song is full of great praise and adoration to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. This song is one of testimony. This song is being sung to only the God of creation, the King of our lives, the Lord of our souls. It's a song being sung to give glory to the Most High God. That's why we have worship here. It's to give glory to the Most High God. Verse 1 says, they sang the song to the Lord. They said, the Lord is highly exalted. Verse 2, it says, and the Lord is my strength. The Lord is my salvation. The Lord is my God. And I will praise him by my own free will. There is nothing that blesses God more than we from the freeness of our own lips freely worship him and freely give him glory and honor. Notice how personal this song is. We, it says, we worship the Lord. We must worship him. When we worship here at Core Church, man, don't come in here and be daydreaming during the worship. Listen, if you have a hard time getting here on time because of some particular situation, maybe you're taking care of someone or what have you, okay, no problem. You get a pass for that. But the worship here is not a buffer zone. You know, if we're just like, okay, well, the message hasn't started yet. We're in. We slid in. We just got in time. Listen, set your clocks a little earlier. Try to come. Look, if there's a reason that you come in late, look, I'm just glad you came to church. So I'm not trying to beat you up here. I'm just saying that the worship here is to worship the Lord and give massive praise and adoration to the king that has saved us from going to hell. Amen and amen. The Bible says in Psalm 95, verse 6, Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. It's like we didn't close during COVID. We went against all the city ordinances. We went against everything. We got fined by the city. We had people come here to bust us and all of that. But guess what? The very word church comes from the Greek word ekklesia. And it means what? It's the gathering together of God's people. And God says in his word, he says, Don't forsake the gathering together of my people. Yeah, but it says in Romans chapter 13 that you're to obey the laws of the land. You're not obeying the laws of the land. There's still churches that aren't open. Listen, we obey the laws of the land more than anybody. Christians obey the law more than anyone. It's like you, you pay your taxes. You pay, you know, you do, you, you do it all and you live honestly. You're supposed to obey the laws of the land as long as they do not usurp God's law. That's why we stayed open. The gathering together of God's people to come and to worship him. Verse four, Pharaoh's chariots and his army, they're all drowned. It says they sunk down like a rock. That's right. This is signifying the finality of what just happened. Meaning they're not coming back, people. Your enemies are gone. God has delivered them by his righteous right hand. This song is a song of praise. It's a song of great joy. It's a song of triumph and victory. 
We're told in verse 6 and verse 12 that the Lord's right hand is powerful. That's a picture that, the, that God has all through the scripture, that his right hand is a mighty hand. It's used in the Bible, get this, over 100 times. Here are just a few places that it's found in the Bible. Psalm you know, uh, 18, verse 35 says, you have also given me the shield of your salvation and your right hand upholds me. Psalm 20, verse six, now I know that the Lord saves his anointed with the saving strength of his right hand. Psalm 63 verse 8 says, my soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. And of course, my favorite is in Isaiah 41 10. Do not fear for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Amen. Don't be anxious. Do not fear. Yes, the Bible refers to the best is always on God's right. God delivers with his mighty right hand. Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father. We as God's sheep will sit to his right. The goats or the non-believers will sit to his left, prepared for judgment. Again, many times God refers to his right hand as a place of what? Salvation. He refers to his right hand as a place of refuge. He refers to his right hand as a place of protection. Yes, the people sing of God's great deliverance, which brings up our second point, a dance of joy. Oh yeah, let's check this out. Picking up in verse 19, for the horses of Pharaoh and his chariots and his horsemen went into the sea and they didn't come back. And the Lord brought back the waters and the sea on top of them. But the sons of Israel, they walked on dry land through the midst of the sea. And Miriam, the prophetess, Aaron's sister, took the tremble in her hand. And all the women went out after with their trembles and with dancing. Miriam answered them, sing to the Lord, girls, for he is highly exalted, the horse and the rider, and he has hurled them into the sea. Oh, man, there is nothing like women singing. You girls are like angelic parts of just God's creation. And when you girls are singing and you're just bringing it, it's like the guys are singing. The girls are echoing. It's like, I mean, it's going, and Miriam's out there with the trembles. She's dancing, man. The girls are just, man, it's like, is this not a festive attitude that's happening right now? Is this worship or service just alive here? As we can see, this worship service is going to go on for a long time. The women are singing and dancing. The trembles are just our modern day tambourines. They're out there just making some noise. And they're all led by Miriam, who is Moses' older sister. Remember Aaron, Moses and Aaron. Aaron's his older brother. And Miriam's his sister. Okay, now she's first mentioned in Exodus chapter two. Remember God used her to follow Moses. Remember Moses was born and the edict from Pharaoh was kill all the baby boys. And so his mother couldn't kill him. So she made a little ark and she floated him down the Nile River. And it was Miriam, his older sister, that followed Moses in the, we, in the reeds on the side of the bank. And remember, it was Pharaoh's daughter who reached down and pulled him out of the basket and said, I'll call him Moses because I brought him out of the water. It was Miriam that God used to go up immediately and say to Pharaoh's daughter, uh, excuse me, ma'am, do you want me to go find one of the Hebrews? 
Hebrew women to nurse him for you? And she's like, yes, little girl, go do that. So Miriam goes home and grabs her mother, Moses' mother. And that's how Moses was raised by his nanny, which was his own mother. That's how I'm sure he knew that he was a Hebrew because the whole time she was just cradling him. Yes, don't listen to these dog Egyptians. You are an Israelite. You're the, you know, a son of the father, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. <laughs> it's like, I could just see it all coming down, you know, all from his mother. But that was Miriam that God used to do that. Now we see Miriam was given this name as a prophetess. It comes from a Hebrew word meaning pretty much the same as a male version of the word prophet. Okay, and that's just simply you're a proclaimer of the word. So here, Miriam is a proclaimer of the word. God is using this woman. God used Miriam possibly in the years that they were waiting for Moses to come around to come and deliver them. Remember, Moses was, he he didn't come around until he was 80 years old before he finally got there. But we're not told much about Miriam. But here, God is using her to get all the women involved in this worship service. She's even mentioned by Micah, the prophet, in Micah chapter 6, verse 4. And God said, I use Moses, Aaron, and Miriam to deliver my people. Wow. So she had a role in there that God used her. Ladies, don't ever think you can't be used of God. Don't you ever think like, oh, what's God going to do? Is this feeble little me? I don't know what to do. It's like God can use you and he can use you mightily. Yeah, but somewhere along the line, something happened with Miriam. Something happened to her. You know, something happened where she took God using her and it went to her head. Kind of gave you got a little bit bigger like, yes, I am Miriam, the prophetess. And all of a sudden, you know, she started uh, becoming this uh, leader here that maybe God didn't mean for her to be. Because who was the leader of God's people here? Moses was. He was the anointed leader by God. God put Moses in charge. Was he smarter than Miriam? Maybe not. You know, was he a better leader than Miriam? Maybe not. But he was God's leader. That's who God put in charge. We're told at one point, Miriam didn't like the way things were going, and she didn't like who Moses married, and so she tried to usurp Moses. Listen to what happened in Numbers chapter 12, verse 1. Then Miriam, and then she got her other brother, Aaron, involved here, and they spoke against Moses. So here you're getting dogged by your older sister and your older brother. And, they, and why were they dogging him? Because of the Cushite or Ethiopian woman whom Moses married. Oh, here we got a mixed marriage. Many, many people believe that his wife was black. So you think racism just started here um, 100 years ago or something, 200 years ago? No, 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 no. So we got all the way back here. Moses marries an Ethiopian gal. She's black. So we got, we got the mixed marriage going on here. And Miriam's like, what'd you marry that girl for? You know, she got her brother in it. Yeah, we don't like her. You know, the bigots here, early time bigots in the Bible. See, you think like, why, you know, do we study the Bible? Why do we go expository Bible teaching verse by verse, chapter by chapter, you know, uh, book by book? Why? It's because nothing changes. Technology changes. Fashions change. But the heart of men and women, it doesn't change. You know, they still had their attitudes. You didn't marry someone that looked like us. Okay, so she's coming with her older brother and they're dogging their brother Moses. Okay, 
verse 2, it says there in Numbers 12, 2. And they said, has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us as well? And the Lord heard it. Wow. So how much before it finally came out and she blurted it all out, how much gossip was there for how long did that go before she actually just said, I'm getting it off my chest? How many times has she dogged to her girlfriends and the people around it? Well, you know, Moses, and, you know, I, I wouldn't listen to everything he says. You know, I mean, God has used me mightily. I mean, God could have spoken to me more than he you know, spoke to my little brother. You know, who knows what was happening there? She probably instigated the, all the gossip against him, questioning the leadership of her little brother, Moses. I say little brother, he's 80 years old, but she's older than him. She didn't like... Moses' wife, or the decision of him marrying into a different race. But it said that the Lord heard it. Oh, God hears it. Oh, you start gossiping around someone? You start talking about someone in the church? You know, I don't like that one parking lot guy. He always makes me park over here. I want to park over here. And then it's like he parks me back in a corner back there, and I got to wait for 10 cars to get out before I can get out. And it's just like, why does he always do that? I think he has something against me. You know, he's a bigot. He's a racist. You know, who knows? You know, all of these things. And we just, you know, we bicker about things. But God hears it. He hears it all. And God doesn't like it when people come against his own anointed. God doesn't like it. It's like, hey, look, you want to talk about, you, know, you shouldn't be talking about anybody, but when people talk about, uh, you know, a Jehovah's Witness pastor or a Mormon, you know, leader, whatever you call them, you know, it's like, who cares? They're false leaders. Who cares? You know, you got some of these, you know, life coaches, you know, uh, that are on TV and everything, and they're just, you know, false prophets, like whatever, God could care less. But when you come against one of God's anointed that are preaching the truth of God's word, it's like, look out. He doesn't like that. We must remember, no man is flawless. Look, I make mistakes. You've heard them before. I make mistakes and everything. But look, we all have faults. We all make mistakes. But when there's grumbling against who God raises up, God doesn't like it. So if you're complaining about something here at Core Church, try to do something to fix it instead of gossiping and telling other people about it. You know, and in this situation, he calls Miriam on it. And he says in Numbers 12, 9, So the anger of the Lord burned against them, and he departed. And when the cloud had withdrawn from over the tent, behold, Miriam was leprous, as white as snow. As Aaron turned towards Miriam, behold, she was leprous. Moses had to come back. The little brother had to come back and ask God, have mercy on my sister. And after a week, the Lord healed her and took the leprosy away. But I I guarantee you this, she learned her lesson from that. God has raised up many women in the Bible, though. He's raised up many women in the Bible. Don't you ladies think that God couldn't use you in the midst of raising multiple kids, in the midst of, you know, being married to a a hairy beast of a husband, in the midst of your singleness? God can use you and use you mightily. Think about the women in the Bible like Ruth, who God used, you know, a Moabitess. What about Esther that God used? What about Deborah? What about Rahab? She was a former prostitute and God raised her up. She became the great, great grandmother of King David, the greatest king, earthly king that Israel ever had. What about Mary? What about her sister Martha? And many, many others. But just like us men, 
We must be faithful to what God has called us to do and not gossip or think you could do better. We are never to spread friction. We are never to spread conflict among God's people like Miriam did. For there are times that women can think their way is a better way. And guess what? Maybe sometimes, lady, you do have a better idea. But just allow it to be out with the Lord and always be submissive. Be submissive to your husband. Be submissive to the church. But you can always voice your opinion. And guess what? Maybe God will let your word be heard. Which brings up our third and final point. A bitter moment. A bitter moment. Let's read our text. Exodus 15, verse 22. Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they were there for three days in the wilderness and found no water. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink the water of Marah because it was bitter. Therefore, it was named Marah. So the people grumbled at Moses saying, what shall we drink? And then he cried out to the Lord and the Lord showed him a tree and he threw the tree into the waters and the waters became sweet. There he made for, for them a statute and a regulation and there he tested them. And he said, if you will give earnest heed to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight and give ear to his commandments and keep his statutes. I will put none of these diseases on you, which I have put on the Egyptians for I, the Lord am your healer. Then they came to Elam where there were 12 springs of water and 70 date palms and they camped beside the waters. Okay. So there was a little bit of a testing here. They had a little bit of a test here. Now Moses leads the people three days journey into the desert to a place called Marah and there's nothing to drink and they're out of water. Again, we got three, four million people here. Mara means bitter. The Hebrew word there means bitter. And not just the water was bitter, it couldn't be drank. But now all these people who just got done with their huge worship service are all now bitter at Moses. And they started grumbling. They're discontent. They're complaining. They said, what are you doing here? There's nothing to drink. We're thirsty. We're all going to die. What are we going to drink? Why did you bring us here? We want water and we want it now. What happened? I mean, just three days earlier, everyone got a front row seat and watched God miraculously destroy the entire Egyptian army right in front of them. They were having a huge worship service. They were dancing. They were singing. 72 hours later, I mean. We're 72 hours later. I mean, it's just three days. And they're moaning. They're groaning. They're griping. They're complaining. As we end here, I wonder if when God blesses us, I wonder if it's as short-lived as it was for these people. Is it short-lived? Think about this for a moment. Who were they following? Moses the man or the God of creation? who just capsized all their enemies in the Red Sea. I wonder who we blame. You got issues. You got problems. You got situations. Everyone's got stuff. We all have stuff. Doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. Doesn't matter if you're beautiful or not so beautiful. Doesn't matter. We all have stuff we have to deal with. Who do you blame for all of that? This is my parents. 
I wish if I could have just been born into a nicer family. I was born on the wrong side of the tracks. I need to be born on the right side of the tracks. It's all my parents' fault. You know, my parents divorced. You know, they're gone. They broke up. They beat me. Whatever. It's my parents' fault. You know, maybe it's your your supervisor at work. It's my boss. I just have to listen. He rags on me, rags on me, this, that, whatever. You know, it's like if I had a different job, I'd be happy. But no, I have this. It's the pastor, you and your stupid looking shirt. I've been blamed for a lot of things. Maybe it's some other individual. But here's the suggestion. How about we stop being bitter over our circumstances? How about we stop complaining and we start moving forward? Start putting the Lord first in everything we do because ultimately our complaint is against the Lord. Who led these people in the desert for three days? They were following the cloud that they followed by day and the fire by night. It wasn't Moses. The people are blaming Moses, but it was God who led them to this place with the bitter water. But the Lord already had a plan like he has a plan for every situation you're facing today. Verse 25 said that he showed Moses a tree. And when Moses threw the tree into the bitter water, it became sweet water. This tree represents the cross. And when we apply the cross to all the bitterness of our lives, then the bitterness is made sweet. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app. Core Truth is sponsored by and is a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you've been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA, all one word, to 77977. You can also give via our app and online at corechurchla.org. Or you can mail your support to P.O. Box 34. 34- 789 Los Angeles, California 90034 Three-star general Michael J. Flynn head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency knew all the government's dirty secrets He was one of the most respected generals in the military Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to He understood its funding He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors This set off alarm bells The explosive new documentary Flynn Deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.